Android Police podcast for Sunday, November 20th. My name is Jules Wong, editor of the show. Our team is out this week, uh, but I think you'll find out for good reason that Will Saddleberg is uh, the outest of outs, actually. He's in Hawaii for Qualcomm's Snapdragon Summit. Of course, if you're following the news, you'll know that uh, the company launched the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 chipset for 2023's Android flagships this week. And there's a lot to learn about it, and we're glad to have Qualcomm's Chris Patrick talking to Will this week. And without further ado, I'll let him take it away. Hi, Android Police listeners. It's Will Saddleberg. I'm in Hawaii at Snapdragon Summit, where this week Qualcomm announced the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 chipset. It's the processor that'll be powering dozens of flagship Android phones throughout the next year. I'm joined by Chris Patrick, Senior Vice President and General Manager of Handsets at Qualcomm, to discuss everything Snapdragon. Welcome, Chris. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Will. Can you start by giving us kind of a quick summary of what's new with Snapdragon 8 Gen 2? Because there's a lot. There's a there's a lot. Our Snapdragon 8 products really are as diverse as the, the uses people put these phones to, right? So yeah, the device has to be um, yeah, really the best in, in video, the best in camera, the best in AI, the best in all these areas. And yeah, the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2, we've made big changes really across all those areas. You know, one of the big themes this year was with AI, which is really not a new theme, but really intensely and differently applied on the 8 Gen 2. So yeah, AI's uh, been you know, integrated in a bunch of different places. We have more kind of raw horsepower on AI, but then we've, um, we've applied that AI to camera in a whole new way. So now AI is integrated actually deeply into the pipeline where you could take out a big AI processor and apply it to the pixels really as they flow through the pipeline. So not just taking an image and post-processing using AI, but really having AI affect the intermediate processing of the pixels themselves, doing, you know, layering, um, layering and understanding what is the scene around you and fundamentally changing how we process different parts of the image real time. Anyway, that's just one example, but really AI is integrated in the modem, AI is integrated in audio in new ways, uh, AI is integrated in um, what we call the always sensing camera in, in whole new ways. So anyway, lots of changes there. And let's just keep going. So big changes on graphics and CPU. I think no matter how you use your phone, you're going to be pretty happy with the improvements you're going to see on the HN2. What are you personally most excited about? Like, what's the one, if you had to pick one thing? Sure. You know, I'm a big gamer. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll confess, I've not really been a, a handset uh, gamer, a yeah. mobile gamer. So probably I'm a big guy with uh, big fingers sure. and things like that. Um, but I do now have a, a fold, which, you know, unfolds. It, it's great. It, it is great. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's your listeners haven't seen it, you know, find somebody that has one and yeah. uh, play with it. It's pretty cool. Anyway, so that gives you a nice big uh, screen. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so now we have a feature called ray tracing. So I think a lot of people have heard of ray tracing, um, but uh, it sounds cool. But uh, as cool as it sounds, it looks much cooler than that. Right, so yeah. if, you've, uh, if folks have a chance to see our demos, yeah. um, some of the material we're going to put out is just uh, incredible how that looks. So I think the combination of all the the raw horsepower and then some of these new gaming features on the Gen Two, I'm pretty excited uh, to get in more into mobile gaming this year. I didn't have uh, a PC capable of ray tracing until it, it's this laptop in front of Congratulations! Right, and so it's like mobile ray tracing, not a thing I saw coming this year at no. all because it's like that's got to be five years down the road, exactly. right? Like there's yeah. no way some of the shadow work and the lighting work is actually really impressive and I think makes a big difference. Like I do think that there is a disconnect between 
there there are a lot of popular games that that are are pushing graphics, but a lot of them are kind of um, focused for for maybe markets not like the U.S. It's it's you know we've seen a lot of gaming focus in like China, right? There's some right. crossover success. There's That's right. your Genshin impacts. That's right. But do you think that pushing a ray tracing and like improved graphics and and to a certain extent like better than the, the Nintendo Switch graphics right. will kind of push developers and publishers to make double A AA and triple A games more aimed towards the West or to get an audience in the West instead of just like a clone of a clone of a clone of Candy Crush, which yeah. is when you open the Play Store, that's what you'll see, right? Like uh, immediately. Yeah. yeah, it is different. I mean, it's amazing how different, um, you know, people use their phones in different regions. And Sydney Gaming has been a big example of that, where in China, there's this, you know, very flourishing ecosystem of uh, where constant uh, one-upping on on technology and, and innovation on the gaming side. And yeah, in the US, people have used more consoles than PCs, right? So it's yeah. just for kind of high-end graphics-intensive games. But yeah, we think features like this are going to help. And then we're doing a lot at Qualcomm to try to keep uh, pushing the envelope. So we've actually had a pretty deep partnership for a long time and on ray tracing and, and other features as well with uh, the game engine uh, developers okay. to make sure that really those engines work in the best possible manner yeah. uh, on the Snapdragon platform. So we had some deep partnerships there and even some relationships with uh, the game studios as well. So yeah, we're certainly encouraging that. And we think, yeah, that features like this are going to help uh, tip that scale and really open up mobile gaming in, uh, in the West. Well, and you have cloud gaming. You are kind of Definitely. both. You're like, yeah. Do you want local AAA quality style graphics, or do you want? And, and I mean, cloud gaming is in a weird place. I think Stadia's impending sure. demise is is, I think, hard. I think a lot of that that platform had a lot of diehard fans. Right. Not the only platform. There's 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 Nvidia. Uh, word. It's impossible to remember all the Nvidia. Names. Oh, but they're GeForce now. There we go. Okay, See, yeah. not agreed. Not oh, great. Um, <laughs> but you guys also have a partnership with Razer, with the Razer Edge that is coming That's next right. year. That's right. um, do you think there's space for both of this, of like a flexibility between someone who wants like cloud gaming, who wants to play Elden Ring you right. know, on the go versus someone right. who wants to play? Sure. Yeah, I think so. I think there's, there's, uh, there's going to be happy synergy there. Yeah. I mean, certainly even, um, you know, being able to connect to your home console or your home PC and go use that as extended uh, kind of rendering device. You're never going to hear Qualcomm say anything bad about um, uh, a cloud solution that needs uh, advanced connectivity, yeah. right? So advanced connectivity is kind of where we live. Um, so we love that, and we you know, low latency, advanced, uh, high throughput, high reliability connectivity. Uh, that that's where we live. But yeah, that's never going to be a universal solution, I don't think. So again, we're going to take a plane ride back. Uh, we're here in Maui, beautiful Maui. Yeah, I'm going to take a nice long plane Long, ride, uh, long back. Plane. <laughs> and uh, I'm definitely going to play a game on that on that plane. And it's not going to be, you know, high throughput, low <laughs> latency connectivity uh, back to cloud infrastructure, right? So there's always going to be times when um, as great as, as you know, uh, 5G and every other these technologies are, there are going to be times when you don't have those technologies, you're going to go use your local resources. Yeah. So, um, and the things are just more efficient to do in the end locally. So I think we're going to see a very interesting blend here of, of these different kinds of solutions. But I think cloud gaming is, uh, again, it goes through the, these waves. But yeah, lots of things happening with Microsoft, right? Uh, Microsoft and then uh, even Sony kind of connecting to your home console and other things. Oh, I so anyway, so remote play, which is not exactly cloud gaming. No, but, it, but it's, yeah, it's kind right? of there. Yeah. You're yeah. playing your library and it's, That's right. you know, I have a PS5 that I would, I, I didn't bring it. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. didn't throw it in my tech luggage. And, and so that, that That's space right. is, yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, obviously we, uh, we're at Qualcomm, we work a lot on distributed computing, yeah. right? So, you know, we talked a lot about AR, for example, at this, uh, at this summit. Um, yeah, so AR is something where you just cannot do the computation 
that you want to do on your face. Right. Like you can't put all that, uh, that heat dissipation right next to your temples and things like that. Yeah. So you need a phone or you need a puck or you need cloud infrastructure on the edge uh, to help you do that computation to come up with these amazing visuals. Anyway, so distributed computing is part of how, you know, um, these advanced technologies will roll out. And I think uh, cloud gaming is just one of these examples. You brought up AI and specifically with the camera, because that's, sure. I'll be honest, the thing I'm most excited about, I have, by the time this is up, this interview is up, I'll have editorial up on and on the site, but the, the always sensing camera, yeah. I'm really excited about. Okay. Um, I think that, that the, the move from like, obviously started last year with the eight gen one that was in the gen two is, is the, instead of always on camera, always sensing, it's got a whole bunch of new features and they're small, they're like small things, right? Like the ability to, to scan a QR code, for example, without waking your screen feels small, but like that, it's one of those things that like adds up into like that's right a, a very different way of using your phone in a very, like, it just streamlines like something you have to do daily. If you go to a restaurant or whatever, where you're scanning a menu, right? right. And, yes. and so that kind of stuff is like really exciting to me as is the, uh, you know, kind of advanced camera processing you guys are doing, but, but I wondered if you could talk a little bit about Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We think the always sensing camera is something, you know, it's an, it's an idea we've had at Qualcomm for a while. Um, I took some time to kind of perfect it and get it right, but we're, we're really excited about it. We think just really the idea is usually we take the existing, uh, camera that's in your smartphone now, and then we can run it in a special low power mode that we've worked with each of the sensor vendors to, to create. So this kind of ultra low power mode, uh, for that camera. And then, um, you know, that those pixels then get fed into an AI engine, also in, in what we call an island. So this very low power subset of the, the chipset. So most of the chipset is asleep, just a very small section of it uh, is on and, and paying attention to these pixels coming from the, uh, from the camera. And then we can look at those pixels and try to make a decision is, do you see whatever you're looking for? So whatever you're looking for might be a face or it might be, as you said, a QR code is one of the other yeah. kind of common use cases. But yeah, we have uh, a bunch of interesting use cases on, with the, the face detection. Again, what this thing does is just says, do I see a face? Right. And if maybe I see a face and maybe then what is the orientation of that face? Well, and I think that's part of the, you know, you guys rebranded it. I think right. that's a smart decision, yeah. firstly, because I think always on camera, yeah. we saw that last year. That's right. A lot of headlines of like, I know. hey, what's up with this? I, and like, like you guys being like, no, 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 it, it, it doesn't matter because it, I don't want to say it's a bad term, but always sensing is a yeah. little, a little That's right. safer. Because always on, yeah, I think what people It's heard scary. Is, you hear always on camera, you're like, I don't want that near what me. What people yeah. heard was always recording. Exactly. Camera. Exactly. Where in fact, this doesn't ever, actually doesn't even ever create a, a frame. It's it just, a, yeah. It uh, has a shoe and pixel, and then we process with these AI engines to decide, uh, is there something interesting there? But yeah, well, then when you put that together, the idea is we can make the phone behave in a more intuitive way and more useful way. So we showed some interesting use cases here at the, at the Snapdragon Summit, which is, for example, you're looking at your phone, you walk away, it knows there's no longer a face there, so it blacks out the screen. Very simple thing. You come back, your face is there, and now the, the screen turns back on. Right. Or uh, somebody looks over your shoulder to look at the text message you're sending to somebody. And if you set it up that way, you can say, oh, if there's two faces, then the screen, yep. like just very simple things to make it more usable. Even just I, knowing, like, like I saw in the, in the demo, there was like a, you see a pop-up that it like had to de detected the face, but hadn't necessarily blocked up the that's screen. Right, so like, chance. yeah, say, which is good because you know, you don't want Every, any, right, exactly. That's right. Um, uh, that's which right. is great. I, my favorite, uh, besides the QR code is, um, uh, the amount of times I've had to swipe away a notification while showing someone a video. Sure. Uh, yeah. and like, like it's such a smart. Right. Simple thing. But again, right. it's like, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, why has no one solved this yet? That's so obvious of like, just 
knows you're watching a video with someone and it just puts it in do not disturb like, yeah it's that easy yeah very simple but yeah what, um, what i'm always i like said about is like i do some of these workouts and things like that and you have to look and see what the next move is on your phone or yeah. something and i'm lying down while doing something and it changes yeah. the orientation and it's super annoying right so just the ability to kind of keep track of the orientation of your face as opposed to the orientation of gravity which is not necessarily the point right but if you can say even if i'm lying on my side but if my face is still aligned with the phone don't change the orientation of the video very simple uh, but it's something we can do if we can do this, these kinds of operations in a low power running in the background kind of way. And that's the idea of the always sensing camera. That's not the only AI thing. Do you want to touch on some of the other like AI powered sure. stuff? There's I, your multi-language yeah. uh, translation demo was really impressive. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, there's a lot we can do with, with uh, language. Language is very hard, right? Um, you know, being able to interpret text. Um, I have an accent. Everybody, you know, everybody has their own way of speaking. Uh, the only way of putting together a sentence or a paragraph, yeah. right? So yeah, just to, for what we call natural language processing, um, which is a particular subset of, of AI, for your phone to understand speech, really understand context and what do you really mean? Um, yeah, it's a very challenging kind of AI problem and AI is very well suited uh, to solve it. That's one of the things we've optimized this year. Uh, the engine this year specifically optimized for things like natural language processing. So we talked about it at the tech, at the tech summit and at the, the keynote is uh, you'll get four times the performance for those kinds of operations on the Gen 2 compared to the Gen. And so, yeah, you're going to see some really cool applications uh, coming up. And then, yeah, AI really is everywhere. It's on the modem. It's on um, it's on other kinds of connectivity. Uh, we're using it as we talked about on camera. We're using it for uh, to enhance your audio experience. Yeah, so tons of great things coming uh, enhanced by AI. Kind of on a, on a technical level, you guys for the CPU are using a Cortex X3 yes. primary core paired with four performance cores, three efficiency cores. Yes. Yes. Okay, correct. cool. Great. I keep yes. wanting to say three and four, and that's not right because in my head, I'm like, yeah, it should just, the number should get bigger as I go down. And it's like, no, I, I want to talk one, about four, three. Yeah. I know I, I'm going to get it. I want to talk about this performance cores though, because sure. you guys, it's, it's almost one, two, two, it does, yeah, sorry. three. One, yeah. two, two, three is how we, or three. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. So you have two A715 cores, two A710 cores. Yeah, right. What was the decision behind that? Like, or why did you make that decision? What was the thing? Sure. Yeah. Okay. We have a lot of experience. You know, we've been in, in this business for a long time. Uh, Qualcomm founded in 1985. So anyway, so we've been through lots of transitions, lots of different ecosystems, lots of um, transitions on instruction sets and things like that. And we know some of these things take longer than you, you think, longer than you hope. Uh, so one of the transitions here was from, in this time, is from 64-bit to 32-bit within the Android ecosystem. And um, yeah, as we thought, it's taking a little bit longer, I think, than uh, some folks hoped, yeah. right? The, that transition. Uh, so yeah, most apps are definitely at this point, uh, sitting in a Google Play Store, most apps are 64-bit. But there's not, uh, the, the whole world out there that's not just uh, Google Play Store. So there's lots of Play Stores, in particular in, in China, for example. Uh, OEMs tend to have a Play Store and then different, uh, so the app, different kind of ecosystem, cloud ecosystem companies have different play stores. Anyway, so lots of play stores. And then even in the US, even if you're a Google Play Store primarily, one, you might have a secondary play store you use, or you might have, you might sideload apps because there's particular apps that you, you know, you know and love. Right. So one of the things that's interesting is the 715 is a great processor, um, but it doesn't support 32-bit apps okay. where the 710 does. So we want to make sure that we had a powerful core there ready to support 32-bit apps for people that have 32-bit apps that they know and love, um, that they want to use. Um, 
you know, on the, on the eight gen too. So it's just, so. it's, it's, this is like a backwards compatibility. Thing. It, it's got yeah. to kind of ease this transition because, okay. you know, we know firsthand, I think as we, we're rolling up, you know, compute windows and Snapdragon compute yeah. um, solutions, et cetera. So we know sometimes even if 99% of apps uh, work, you know, it's really important to have that last 1% of the apps work. Do you think we're near a time where you can safely move into like, no, you know, next year we're going to use two or four a715 cores or you know are we are we getting close to that or is this i think we're, de we're definitely getting closer so a lot of progress you know yeah. across the globe but the globe is very diverse so it's something sure. you know we're going to track very closely and we'll make the right decision for next year you guys are sticking with tsmc for this for your so this product is yeah, manufactured yeah, TSMC. which um, if listeners don't know they that was um the the eight gen one was was uh samsung manufactured and then and then the the plus gen one was tsmc correct is there any specific thinking into why you would pick Samsung over TSMC or vice versa, in this case of TSMC. Yeah, well, I mean, they're both strong partners of ours. So yeah. we do, uh, we do an incredible amount of uh, Samsung Foundry, we do an incredible amount at, at TSMC. So yeah, so I think just, it just changes from, from year to year, what is the right mix uh, for the product and what's the right mix for, um, really for diversity. Yeah. If we work with both of these vendors, I want to make sure that, you know, if a customer needs the, the right number of parts from us with the right characteristics that we're ready to go. So. Uh, yeah, there's nothing specific about uh, either one, but this time the right decision was definitely uh, to be a TCMC. The HN one was a good chip, but it had some some throttling issues, or at, at least you know I I've definitely had I just reviewed a the Sony Xperia Five Mark IV, and that phone okay. got a little hot under load. Okay. That was yeah. HN one versus I have the full four. We we're talking about foldables as a plus. Uh, is that what you have? That's yeah. what I heard. Yeah, it's, it's such a fun phone. It is. <laughs> it is. It's great. It's, it really it's, is. You mentioned gaming, like that was like what, that's what I've used it like the most for is just cause it's such, yeah. I also have like pretty big hands and it's <laughs> so much more comfortable. It really is. Uh, it really is. But, it, look, it's a very serious business phone, yeah. um, but it's very fun. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it can do both, but that phone has kept really cool under there. Sure. You know, we saw a lot of, I think, advancements and that, 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 that and, feature. And feature. I assume, you know, I mean, I have to get my hands on hardware, but like, it does seem like by sticking with TSMC, we might see the same kind of uh, advantages, I sure. guess. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the HN one was a great device, and we're still we we're very proud of it. Uh, proud of the technology we backed in there. But there is this dynamic range, right? Is the yeah. you know at the peak use cases, it does it does consume um, a lot of power, which is always going to be the case in now a modern smartphone uh, SOC, just because there's so much power. You talked about it being the same capabilities that are on your laptop. There are ray tracing are in this tiny phone that's very thin, yeah. right? And so, yeah, it's a, it's a tremendous engineering challenge, but the eight plus gen one did do a big step forward in power efficiency. And so, yeah, as you said, really, we can do some use cases that are pretty special on that eight plus gen one. Then the eight gen two builds upon that foundation adds another round of pretty amazing technology, but maintains that same level of, of kind of industry leading power efficiency. So yeah, I think people are going to be very happy with the eight gen two. Awesome. This is Qualcomm. I want to talk a little bit about networking real quick. That's a thing. The X70 5G modem, it, it's advanced. You guys have dual SIM, dual active this year. Yes. I'm actually really interested in like the FastConnect 7800. Sure. Specifically Wi-Fi 7. Okay. You know, we talked about backwards compatibility with 32 bit. This feels like forwards compatibility. <laughs> Is that a good way to, to put okay, it? Okay, like, sure, sure. Well, because so TP-Link just announced a Wi-Fi 7 router. As far as I know, that's that might not be the first one, but it, it's the first one that I like noticed. It was It was five days ago, I think. Is that kind of you guys like prepping for the future? Cause like, I still feel new to 6E, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I just got a 6E router this year and it's That's like, fair. I'm like, oh my God, we're like already in wife. I'm going to have to go get another router. Like, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you know, there's no, no question there's a big, there's a fast pace of innovation on the Wi-Fi side. But actually, if you look at the sort of the generations, um, yeah, Wi-Fi 6 adoption actually was faster than uh, the you know, previous generations of Wi-Fi. So, so things seem to be speeding up in terms of adoption. But it is true. I think smartphones um, historically have been one of the places that lead uh, in this area. Yeah, and then the 8 Gen 2, you know, you, if you buy an 8 Gen 2 device uh, next year, um, you might have it for a few years. You might sell it to somebody else who's going to use it for a few years. Everyone's and then uh, that is true. People hold their phones longer, and and they hold the phones longer because their phones are you know amazing, right? They're amazing and they stay amazing, right? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're proud of that. We're happy about that. And then the eight Gen two is going to last itself actually uh, quite a while. So yeah, we have a trend where I think people are using our, our customers are using our new platforms uh, for longer actually. Yeah. So they may launch when the eight Gen three comes out. I don't know. Obsolete eight Gen two yet? We just uh, we just launched it, but yeah, that eight Gen uh, three will then be the kind of the, the new flagship, and the eight Gen two will be uh, for many customers kind of a sub flagship right after that, uh, just like the eight Gen one would be for the eight Gen two. So yeah, so we really we plan for the long term. The other thing is the, the uh, seven eight hundred combines, um, of course, multiple different technologies, Wi Fi as well, Bluetooth. Right. So one of the things actually I'm very excited for on this ship is the seven eight hundred is the dual Bluetooth technology. So this is a yeah. You know, kind of doubling the number of Bluetooth sort of lanes in some sense um, with, with two sets of kind of antennas sort of for Bluetooth. And so what you'll see with that is is much longer uh, range. So now, yeah, you can move about your house. You can move. We're in a, a, a nice building here in, in Maui. Um, so yeah, you can be in completely another room now and uh, your link will be more reliable. Uh, so we'll get low power as well as a more reliable link. So anyway, so I think that's going to be very cool. Every time I, uh, I I mow my lawn at home, yes. I, and I, I'm not wearing uh, my smartwatch, yes. which my headphones are connected to both my phone and my smartwatch. Okay. If it's inside, I when I hit the end of my backyard, right. it will disconnect, and I will hear my headphones be like, device disconnected. Got it. And that happens 10 times because <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a loop, right? Got and so it. I'm like, okay. reconnect, disconnect. Got and so anything to get me just like, you know, like five more feet. That's all I need even. Just five more feet and then I can stop worrying about. Well, listen, will you get your new uh, Gen 2? There we go. Uh, <laughs> you know, let me know how it goes. Maybe we fixed it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for joining me, Chris. Uh, yeah, this is a great conversation. Thank you. Well. Our thanks to Will for that segment. And that is it for this week's episode. We weren't able to get our team together for an extra segment this week, but hopefully we'll have a show this Thanksgiving week. And if not, well, hopefully you have a safe and happy Thanksgiving if you can, as well as Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all those uh, commercial holidays. It's, it's fun. Fun times here at the Android Police. You can find us at androidpolice.com for all those deals and uh, all the news about the phones, too. Let's not forget about that. Podcast at androidpolice.com is where you can leave feedback for the show. Journey Dan is where you'll find Daniel Bader on Twitter. Ara Wag Co. for Ara Wagner. Will underscore Saddleberg for Will Saddleberg. I'm at Point Jewels. We'll see you again very soon. Take care. Thank you.